Hi everyone, it's Richard. Just thought I'd give a little intro to this episode of the podcast. Zaf and I recorded this some time ago, and I was unable to clean up the audio for a while, so it is a little bit out of date, but it turns out to be strangely out of date. Uh, we talk about the, as it's well known as the Ukraine air disaster, and we are now in the midst of another Ukraine disaster. So I thought I would just warn everybody in advance that that's, this topic is a little bit more closer to the bone than it was when we first mentioned it. Uh, anyway, enjoy the, the program. Welcome to What's Law Got to Do With It, a lighthearted look at life in law school. I'm Professor Richard Haig. Zafir, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Zafir Jataratani. Naturally, I'm an Osgood student, uh, 2L student. And last semester, I was involved with the International and Transnational Law Program, which is just a unique program that Osgood has. Um, I'm from an East African background, which is a totally different thing for a lot of law school students here. So that's something I think that sort of is a little bit different. I've been fortunate enough to actually have lived in, I want to say, four different continents. So oh, yeah, that's oh. a fun fact. What? Uh, which four? <laughs> You're so only missing I've a couple. In North America, I've done Africa, I've done Australia, and I've done England for a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Uh, all right. Well, that's a little, that's a good little intro background. I'm sure we'll get into more stuff as well. Um, you also know my usual second question to all the guests, which is <laughs> tell us a, a favorite or a favorite movie, TV show, podcast form of entertainment that you uh, can recommend to listeners. Yeah. So professor, I had a tough one with this one. I had to really scratch my head because I, I genuinely enjoy a lot of those law school related or law related shows. I'm a little bit of a TV show and movie geek, but I thought I'd go with one of the classics and go with 12 angry men, because I think that's just an incredible movie where you literally have everything happening in one room, which is so unusual for a movie, but ridiculously entertaining at the same time. <laughs> And very much a show about justice, right? I guess, or what? What uh, is best Absolutely. can be described yeah. as justice? Yeah, uh, that's a good choice. I think we've had a we've had a, a small handful of exceptional guests who've uh, mentioned that movie, which is one of my favorites too. So, uh, as, yeah. uh, as a recent one, which was actually pretty interesting, was um, I think the new one with Michael B. Jordan, and I think the name was something like just mercy oh yes yes i know that, that one was as well. a very interesting one okay too. you've seen that yeah that that's a good recommendation yeah you a know? very different take on you know the morals when it comes down to whether you want to make that that pick to go down corporate <laughs> or criminal law and, or, uh, 
and based on a on real life situation yeah. of a Harvard lawyer who went went down south. Maybe I'll put the clip from that because I don't know if we've, we've had that yet. Anyway, those are both good. Mr. Chapman, please. And the state does not object to the motion, Your Honor. To be clear, Mr. Chapman, are you joining the motion to dismiss all charges today? Yes, Your Honor, I am. Order. Please, order. Well, y'all made my job easy today. All right, now that we've dispensed with the basic introductions, uh, I've got a, so my basic question to you is, uh, tell us why you're on the podcast. Why do you, why, why, why did we, why did I have you on here? Maybe we can get us started that way. Well, I think professor, I have one of those just really incredible voices and it just naturally <laughs> pulls people. <laughs> that's, that's definitely one of the reasons, if not the main, no, but. <laughs> Yeah, so in all seriousness, I think the reason why I'm here is because Osgood offers a very unique international and transnational law program, which just gives law students a very, very different and very practical experience. I'd say one that's that merges practical and theory together simultaneously um, and allows you to work in the field while getting some of your school credits in. and. I was one of the first students, I am the first student actually, who have multiple placements, which is just working for multiple institutions during the summer. And one of the main cases that I worked for was actually has become the first case under the State Immunities Act around terrorism, the, the exception to terrorism. And we won that case. So that's been an incredible experience as a student as well. So that, yeah, so it's the, then I think, is it colloquially known as the Ukrainian air case? Uh, yeah, yeah, Zarei v. Iran is the, is the actual name, but right. yes, totally known as the Ukrainian case. So you got involved in that as a result of this, uh, this program at Osgood, correct? And that, yes. Uh, so under the supervision of, a lawyer or a, a yeah academic? so mark arnold and jonah arnold they have taken on quite a few cases against the islamic republic of iran and this particular one hit pretty close to home i want to say because it was it was a ukrainian airline flight that got shot down by two missiles in in iran carrying close to 76 canadians so and Mark Arnold's pretty well known around the Iranian communities in Canada. So naturally he took on that case. And it was an incredible case because it was one that allowed us to look into so many international and transnational law issues, but at the same time, look at private international law as a totally different avenue of seeking justice, really. Yeah. And I, I said to you before we began, I, I mean, it's, it is, it's an amazing experience to get involved in something like that as a law student, I'm sure. And you're perhaps very fortunate to have gotten involved in something like that. Uh, and I said, I didn't really want to get into the substantive, you know, what, what laws did you argue? <laughs> what was the, because that's not the point of this show. But I think the idea that you had an experience that you could never have imagined when you first entered law school, you couldn't, I can't imagine you would have said to yourself, oh, I bet in my, in my second year, I'm going to get to 
be involved in a in a world important case that would never happen yeah. so i i wouldn't mind it, yeah if we could just talk about that idea the ability of law school to open doors let's say in a more in a more general sense than just the specifics of this yeah professor i think i think you're absolutely right you know no student especially not me walks through the doors of osgood thinking they're going to be working on a landmark case or a case where you know you're going to be dealing with such important issues like terrorism or you know even dealing with victims of terrorism i can tell you from my first few days in be working with this case with mark arnold's case um, and the ukrainian airlines case i was put in a position where I had to speak on the first day with victims of a terrorism act where, you know, um, fathers basically lost their wives and their children and families were basically torn apart by an international act of terrorism. So it's incredible the amount of experience and the amount of the, the uniqueness of the experience that Osgood and, you know, law school generally can just open for you that you would probably never have imagined walking in as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't obviously you and I are both at Osgood and of course it's great that Osgood does these things. But I do think, you know, law schools in general have yes. programs somewhat similar and people may get involved in really amazing stuff pretty early on in their yeah. law school careers. Did you find it where were, were you uh, were you? stressed or worried that you weren't able, you know, weren't able to, to be up to the task of helping people in such a major case? So I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened was, is the first few days, uh, Mark gives me a phone call and says, you know, we need you to conduct pretty much the majority of the research that's going to be happening on this landmark case. You know, it's the first case of its type. So it's going to be pretty difficult for you to find precedent. It's a, you will not find precedent in Canada because there is this, this is the first of its type. So, you know, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely felt way above my, I was drowning. <laughs> it was the water was well above my head. And that was something that I think that's something that a lot of students experience, I think, even in their transition just to work life um, into law yes. work life generally, because it's quite, quite a different shift of gear. But I think one thing that you just keep telling yourself is just keep doing your best, you know, and things slowly come into place. That's something that has been my attitude all throughout law school, which is just just keep trying your best. And it usually works out. Yeah. Well, that, no, that's a really good attitude to have. And I think, you you know, you probably would agree that you, there's no better way to learn, though, right? It's your there isn't it's a bit of a there sink isn't. or swim thing, right? You, you have yeah, to. you want to be the more, you know, the more you're put in those kind of positions where you have to really just scrape at everything to just learn. Those are the situations that are going to teach you the most. I do believe that because it just challenges you in a very different way. Uh, we're used to a situation where we get walked through, you know, exactly what the law is when we're in when we're in law school. You know, a lot of us will will get told what the law is by the professor or encouraged to think about like the most contentious issues. That's a whole different set of experience when you're going into the practical area where you don't know what the law is or the law is completely not settled, and you are the one who has to sort of carve out this pathway and think about. How am I going to think critically about how this area should operate? Right. And in your particular instance, I mean, you have all these families who've been, you know, the trauma that they must have suffered would be immense. So 
the obvious just result is something should they should they should get something right some way of recompense yeah. or resolution but the law itself might say to you sorry there's nothing you can do here and you have to did you ever find that you were kind of banging your against a head against a wall or that there was just no no way the law could help or how did you keep yeah going, i mean in the beginning you you look at like you know what there is to support your case and you think geez there's there's really no precedent here <laughs> i don't know how i'm going to create this argument that you know they deserve this compensation but then you know professor it even comes down to the very concept of compensation you know is that justice are are these families okay with with you know a monetary compensation and that being that being enough because you can't really put the you know the islamic supreme the iran the iran supreme leader on trial <laughs> <laughs> He's right. not going to pop up in the sands, you know. So right. it's it's a it it pushes you to think about and reconceptualize some of those notions of justice and all these concepts that we talk about in law school. All seem so theoretical, but then this just places you in a position where you have to think and really justify to your clients why you think this is justice, why you believe justice is happening here why are we fighting you know yeah that's uh, again that that's probably even more true in the kind of international law realm but it's yeah. it applies yeah. in in every yes. area of law right even in you know domestic tort law there's going to be instances people Absolutely. push the boundaries of law right and i always think students are in the best place to do this because your your <laughs> your naivety <laughs> is a good thing right your innocence you, uh, along, uh, as long as you've got direction from a lawyer who, you know, tells you, yeah, keep going. Push I on think this, so. Push on I totally think so. Especially because, you know, this whole area of private international law is just new. And because it's, it's quite recent, I feel like it's great to have dreamers like us students, you know, <laughs> that believe, that push those arguments that like, hey, maybe we should do things differently. You know, maybe we should should have different avenues of justice you know and i think that's something that is incredible for a student um, to be able to work on because it brings a very fresh perspective right no that's perfectly true i would think now i assume this case is not over <laughs> again without getting into the merits <laughs> Far and substance from it. of the case but i'm sure sure it's <laughs> going to be a long time coming. um you're going to stay involved or what, what, what's the future for you? Because that was a course, I guess, that's now finished, right? And you got credit yeah. for it. But. So that's, that's the current struggle I'm going through right now, which is balancing working at Aird and Burles while, you know, being able to do some work for, for this, this as it moves forward. Um, I definitely want to keep staying involved just because my first case <laughs> I, feel, I feel attached <laughs> and it's an incredible one as well so definitely trying to balance that out but i'll figure it out i'm sure don't you worry that your first case is the most important and interesting case you'll ever do and it's all going to be downhill from here from here never never <laughs> never <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those wishful thinkers that believes i'm just getting started you know <laughs> well that's good that is the best attitude to have because you know there will be clearly it it, it will be a high point uh, but whether or not it how it affects you is the important thing right so again without getting too much into the specific as, as osgood's program would you recommend students do these kinds of clinical or intensive programs 
for the very reason that I would you say, had. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that this international and transnational law experience at Osgood was probably the defining experience for me for law school. It's probably the best experience I think I have had and will have had at law school. I know I still have 3L to go, but yeah. <laughs> I don't imagine it would get better than that for sure. I would 100% recommend it to all students just because not only does it merge theory and practice, but it pushes you to start developing some of those critical skills that I think are very necessary as a lawyer, you know, about interacting with clients, about researching, um, and just having a generally different experience rather than just being in a being in a lecture type scenario where you're just being taught the law or uh, learning, studying the law. This really pushes you to think creatively about the law. And I think that's something that law, law schools should have more of. And it really happens to me in these kinds of spaces. Yeah, again, I, I I can't disagree with a single thing you've said today, Zafir. That's my, I, I, I don't know if I'm failing as a host. I should be more critical or I should be putting you on the spot. But no, it's all, it really is a, it's a, you know, it's a feel-good story in some ways, but obviously it's such yeah. a tragedy. But, you know, I feel like you've done, you and your team and all of that, that program have done a, a little bit to try to make amends for that tragedy. And that, that's got to be a a decent feeling for you yeah you know professor i think the biggest feeling was you know we had a press conference right right after the case um the decision came out and when you heard some of the comments that were made by some of the families after this decision knowing that you know compensation wasn't around the corner you know this was probably one step on a line of long steps that needed to be taken but the gratitude, the feeling that, you know, something like justice happened here yeah. and they got what they were looking for. That's really why I, at least I went to law school. These are the, those are the kind of moments that I wanted to be a lawyer. I, I wanted to be a lawyer to, to be able to, to empower those that needed these, this kind of help and having that moment was just incredible and i do not believe you'd be able to get that moment just you know studying along the books right it's where your personal statement to get into law school matches what you actually did i guess is that <laughs> yes is that a good way of putting it <laughs> absolutely because <laughs> i know personal statements don't off don't always do that right and you yeah you got to you got to yeah. match up so Zafir, let me ask you this as a you know that this podcast is called a lighthearted look at life in law school your case is not a light case in many, many ways. Um, it is not. <laughs> in most ways, probably. But, you know, any, any final thoughts you can have, you can, you can, you know, enlighten listeners with about how to make something like this fit my lighthearted theme of the podcast? That's a tough, I think that's a tough question, but I'm sure you're up for it. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things is putting yourself in the position where you're definitely not going to make mistakes. You are definitely going to be not perfect, but just pushing yourself to really be better, you know, putting yourself in, in those positions where you're confronted with a whole new experience, you know, you're going to make some mistakes. 
that's where you really develop yourself as a lawyer. You develop yourself as a person, really just coming through challenges and learning how to overcome them. And I do believe that, you know, <laughs> your mistakes sometimes will be hilarious. <laughs> Some of the mistakes I made were, were really funny. You know, I would make certain comments on calls and people would, you know, look at me twice or, you know, there would be times where we were in the press conference. I was not expecting to talk, but then they would, you know, Mark would randomly call upon me and be like, oh, and our students, oh, our students know everything about the case. You know, <laughs> we're so intimidated about our students. I knew nothing at that point. I had forgotten all of my research, but you know, you're put in the position, you have to speak, you speak. Yeah. That, <laughs> and, and you learn. Yeah. That's, that's what I would say is the main takeaway. Oh, well, that, that is good. And that fits perfectly with my little mandate for the podcast. So, Zafir, thank you so much for, for joining us today. And uh, I'll have to, I wish you all the best for the future. And keep, let, let me know how things go with this. It'll probably be a 10-year journey on that case, my <laughs> guess is, if not longer, right? These things do not, do not end yes. quickly. So. Absolutely, Professor. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. It's been a privilege. And... I look forward to being able to report good things. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. See you. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>